Hey everyone, and welcome back to HopeCast from Hope Church RVA. I am Leandra Parks, and I'm joined today by our senior pastor, David Dwight. And we are here to have a conversation about some common questions in life and faith in under 30 minutes. And today's episode is on the power of culture. So David, let's start here. Explain to me, what do you mean by the power of culture? So culture is uh, a big word. It's an important word. It's something that I feel like I have learned more and more about over the years. So for example, culture is the norms and expectations and habits and practices um, that shape us, okay? So here's a little example. We live in the United States of America, Mm -hmm. so there is culture that is, let's say, generally spoken American. Okay, now America is a complex place. There are thousands and thousands of cultures in America. But nonetheless, there there actually are what I would call competing cultures. So that's a little placeholder to talk about. Um, When I first began to really become aware of these types of things was when I began to travel, particularly as a missions pastor years ago, traveling to lots of different places and countries around the world and spending time with people there, uh, spending ministry time there, sometimes being in churches or preaching or visiting with partners and so on. Mm -hmm. And you start learning, you just start realizing by doing this kind of travel and being in these different places that, you know, the way we think and see the world and do things in, and then pick your country, uh, Tanzania Mm -hmm. is different than the way we see things in the United States. Right. And then you start traveling to all these different cultures, different countries, and you start realizing countries have these cultures. Mm -hmm. Countries have a lot of subcultures. So the cultures are sort of the influences and the expectations, maybe you could also say traditions, that uh, form uh, how we behave, how we act, how we think, et cetera. Culture is invisible, so to speak. It's an invisible influence. Um, And so I think to be wise to culture, you begin to learn the more exposure you have to different cultures and you begin to understand how to observe and filter and discern how different cultures practice and do things and see things, then um, you, you begin to have greater awareness like this is a cultural influence. Right. So for example, w- well, one, one part that I think could be interesting, I think if people heard our last podcast, they know that you're from the Bahamas. Yep. Okay. So you're raised in certain cultural norms right. uh, that are going to be different, say, than the U.S. Right. And you've been here for a while now. Yep. Like here would be an interesting way to keep the conversation going. What are a couple of things that you can think of that culturally are different in the Bahamas than they are like in the U.S.? Yeah, that's a very good question. So in the Bahamas, we respect people that are older than us very significantly. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if 
someone we consider an elder, mm-hmm. if they are riding in the car with us, if we are of the younger age, we would always sit in the back seat, mm-hmm. no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, we are always taught to always say good morning or good afternoon or you know good night to to everyone. But coming in coming to America, I thought it was interesting because when I would say hey, good morning. Like, someone would look at me like, <laughs> why are you talking to me? <laughs> What's happening? What's going on? So so that, in terms of culture, I think was kind of surprising to me coming to America. Yeah. Um, another thing that um, I can think of is, and I think it's also kind of the same here, too. So on, on Sundays, like, after church, we have, like, big family meals mm-hmm. where everyone get together. We sit around the dinner table mm-hmm. and we talk about, you know, the sermon and also talk about different things that's happening, that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some families that I have visited in America that do some of that, but not, mm-hmm. not all the time. But that's something big that we do, like mm-hmm. a, a tradition, a culture that we have mm-hmm. um, that has just been instilled. Um, within us. I mean, everything you just said there has um, the the main level at that which it presents, mm-hmm. and then lots of other sub levels. So yeah. the first one I think you said was my way of saying it would be uh, in the Bahamas. It's a culture that honors the elderly. Yes. Okay. So um, I would say I can remember when I was little mm-hmm. that that was much more ingrained in American culture, but nowhere near so now. So the idea that you would get up and give your seat to an elderly person mm-hmm. if you were on a bus yep. or hold a door or you were, I was taught to respect your elders. Yes. Um, now, really, the culture uh, gives our attention to elevating youthfulness. Yes. No longer elevating elderliness. And that comes in lots and lots and lots of different forms. Mm. Um but that's a huge cultural difference. Right. Um, and when you uh, talk about even things like say good morning or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, if that's sort of just you're taught to be generally cordial mm-hmm. and uh, and acknowledge mm. uh, appreciatively with right. a warm greeting another human being, right? I, I personally, I'm like, that's great. That's mm-hmm. a great thing. Um American culture is probably very varied on that. Yeah. And also personalities will vary a a lot on that. So um, these types of things become very significant. Um, The families we are raised in presented us a culture of expectations and norms. Yeah. Your example of like the meal and the family and the conversations on Sunday. Yeah. uh, Eating and meals is a huge uh, category that is influenced by culture. Yep. Um, there are a lot of countries where if we're going to have a meal together, we're going to sit down at a table. We're going to be not distracted. Right. We're going to enjoy the food. It's going to be conversation and it's going to be at least an hour. Yes. Right. Or maybe more. <laughs> oh, more. Yeah. Right. So in America, food and eating culture is completely different than that. I think we would really benefit from a refresh of what it means to sit around a table, have conversation. You learn how to have conversation. You learn how to listen. You have, you know, viewpoints exchanged, all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I sometimes am really saddened, like I'll be at a restaurant and I'll see three people at a table 
and they're all uh, like embedded in their phones. Right. They're not talking to each other. The food isn't really being enjoyed. And to me, it's like really sad. Yes. Um, so lots and lots and lots of these cultural norms. So um, there's a lot of culture that doesn't have a moral or ethical component to it necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's just um, a habitual expectation. Mm-hmm. But there are other elements that I think uh, are important to try to discern uh, about their sort of ethical um, uh, goodness or not. Right. Or you could call it a positive culture or a toxic culture, mm. right? Um, but culture is a massive, massive topic. And I think in America in the year 2022, we are living in the midst of uh, many competing cultures. Everybody's shouting for their culture to win. Yes. Um the sense of a unified national spirit of we're Americans, we're all in this together. Uh, from my standpoint, it was a long, long time ago when that was gone. Okay. Now it's competing cultures and people trying to have their culture and their norm win over other people. So cultures are everything from... Um, matters of uh, sexuality, questions of uh, economics and money. Um, We're getting into the more public sphere or even quasi-political sphere. But these things are are massively culturally shaped. Mm. And here's here's when you are, uh, I'll call it most lost in a culture, is if you had no idea that the way you see, think, feel, and act is culturally shaped. Mm. The way all of us see, think, feel, and act is culturally shaped. And I think to be a person of wisdom and discernment, maybe I could add with a godly perspective on the world and life, Mm -hmm. you want to be aware of the influences that are cultural and how are they trying to shape the way I see, think, feel, and act. And some discernment. Uh, is asked for in these topics. Yeah. So growing up, um, how, well, well, let's start here. Do you think based on your family culture that was instilled in you back then, are there any type of cultural nuances um, that you still carry today or have instilled within your kids? Uh, For sure. I mean, some of them are simple little things of like practices and habits. Mm. Other than others are probably, let's call them more invisible dynamics Mm. that just shaped the way we were introduced to life and the world. I think that's a, that's a huge topic and and a fascinating one. If you took, uh, let's say 20 people who are part of Hope Church, just to give it a communal sense, who have very different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And you said, tell us about how in your childhood you were introduced to the world. Mm. Um, What were you taught about the world? What were you taught about yourself and your place in it? Mm. That would be fascinating to hear different people, Mm. right? If you are from, let's just call it relatively healthy families, mm-hmm. you'll have a certain batch of things. Right. But here's what we know. 
we live in a fallen world. There are a lot of people who came from very, very painful families. Those influences and identity and how you see the world are going to have uh, strong markers in our lives. Mm-hmm. Okay, to go back to what you asked me, are there things that were part of my upbringing? Um, there are certain things like manners, like um, back to the elderly thing. I was taught if an elderly person walks in the room, you stand up and you introduce yourself to them. Interesting. I was taught you look them in the eye, you hold out your hand, and you say, hello, my name's David. Nice to meet you. Wow. Okay. So like, and I can remember as a kid, like this was drilled into me over wow. and over and over again as a kid. Um, I don't know if it's good or bad. It's certainly different from what I experienced. Mm-hmm. My experience with children today and how they interact toward adults is drastically different. Than it is. That. Um, I don't know if it's good or bad. I can say I prefer the way I was taught. <laughs> right. Right. I was taught certain things, and I think part of it was to honor elderly people. Yes. But two, to feel comfortable and know what to do in that situation. Yep. Um, and in a sense, it was my parents giving me tools right. to know how to interact in this situation or that one. So that'd be like a simple little example. So our kids would tell you, like, if they happen to be listening to this, they'd be smiling right now because they remember us saying, stand up, hold out your hand, look them in the eye. Like, literally, they might be looking at their shoes and hold their hand up. We'd be like, no, look them in the eye and shake hands and say, it's nice to meet you, Mr. Jones. My name's, you know, David. So manners, manners. table manners table, yes. was something we were taught. Um, I can remember I used to push back against my mom on this. And um, when my wife, Elizabeth, and I started dating and, you know, you're just getting to know each other, this topic of manners came up one night. And I said to her, I used to get frustrated with my mom because she was so fastidious about manners. Mm. Right. And I thought Elizabeth would agree with me. Right. Because we were like dating. She's like, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. She didn't. She said, why'd you get frustrated (laughs) with your mom about that? And I said, because I felt like these manners were just for show and pomp and circumstance. Mm. She said, I don't think they're for show. I think the main point of them is so you know how to honor other people Mm. in a social setting. That's good. And I was like, whoa, okay. Wow. Um, Of course, I was looking at it from a self-centered standpoint. You know, my mom would be like, elbows off the table, sit straight Mm -hmm. up in your chair, blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. Um, Those are all kind of family, domestic, cultural types of things. Bigger things were like, did you get the message either directly or indirectly growing up that you're smart and capable and you can accomplish whatever you want if you work hard and go for it. Mm. Some people would say, yep, absolutely. Other people would say, no, never. And I think uh, some people were raised with, you're an underdog. This is a hard culture to live in. You're never going to amount to anything. I mean, I've talked to plenty of people who would say that was the message they were given when they were young. To me, that would be really hard. Um, But these are all cultural influences. Cultural influences. uh, organizations and companies have cultures. Yes. They shape the expected behaviors. Um, sometimes the cultures are manifest in actual rules. Yeah. Um, churches have cultures. Um, sometimes they're clarified. Other times they're what you pick up in the air. Mm. Um, there's a phrase in organizational life, which is culture eats strategy for lunch. Mm. Right. So for people who are gurus and interested in organizational life, there's like, we're going to have all the right strategies, all the right plans. And a person who would say culture eats strategy for lunch would say, um, your strategy means nothing if the prevailing culture of the place 
is inconsistent with the strategy. The point they're making is we human beings will go with culture. That's going to be what prevails. That's the power of culture. Mm. Um, And there's so many different cultures, right? Right. I mean, we could name hundreds if we wanted to start making lists in American life. From from things that do tend to have like a moral ethic tied to them, like there is a um, climate change culture. You must behave this way. You must recycle. You must not drive a car that's big and burns a lot of gas. You know, those are climate change, cultural, social influences. Um, there might be other things that um, are are not as sort of let's call it have a moral underpinning to them. Right, but. But there are lots of them that definitely carry with them a moral underbelly. Like if you do it wrong, you're going to be shamed and rejected. Yeah. yeah. And it gets very complex, but culture becomes very significant. So ideally, what do we want to do? We would like to contribute to the healthiest cultures possible. Mm. And, you know, you or I individually are probably not single-handedly going to change American culture. Right. <laughs> but we can make a small contribution to what's around us. Um, I may have some influence about the cultural norms of Hope Church. Mm. Um, what are some of those cultural norms? You know, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. The point is, culture is massively important. It, its influence is enormous. And being aware of that, is really significant. Yeah, yeah. So why don't we talk a little bit about competing cultures? I know you spoke a little bit about this when we first start. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about that. Um, let's use, uh, back to this template of kind of American culture. Uh, all right, when we are um, recording this, we're getting close to uh, an election day in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of competing ideologies and they are looking to prevail. Yes. Okay. So let's take an issue that everybody knows about, um, and it would be the abortion issue. Mm-hmm. People come to different viewpoints on this issue, mm-hmm. and they support their viewpoint with certain things that are important to them, certain perspectives of life and the world right. that are very important to them. These are culturally shaped influences. So, for example, One line of this would be a person who would say, uh, this is my body and I can do whatever I please with it. That's a perspective. That's a cultural viewpoint. Um, Other people might say, I don't agree with you on that. Mm -hmm. And somebody might say, what do you mean you don't agree with me on that? It's my body. Yes, but when another life is implicated, now there's something else that has to be considered. Yeah. And we're now getting into a competing ideology. So how do people feel about abortion? So um, my view, which um, I have sought to forge uh, with what I believe is a biblical view, is that I believe God created human life. Yes. And I believe that uh, the scriptures are full of um, messages and passages and verses that speak about how God knew us before we were born. He knit us together in our mother's womb. Um and that human life has dignity, and that dignity is ultimately because we are God-made. And so I would say on the question of abortion that um, my view is that God's 
heart and intent is that every conceived life is given the opportunity to live, right? And then there'll be lots of secondary questions. People may agree with that or they may disagree with that, but there'll be lots of secondary questions like, well, what about extraordinary circumstances? Mm. I get it. We live in a very complex world with hard, broken situations. Mm. Um, But that's an example of a competing cultural ideology. And it's so big right now. Like there are people who are wanting to win this cultural ground and say, abortion, let's go to the, the ultimate, should never be allowed no matter what, regardless right. of the circumstances. There are other people who would say um, it should be allowed at any time. And then there are others that create a grayscale of, well, in these circumstances, up to this time frame, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But that's, a, that's an example of a competing culture. Um, you know, these are hot button issues in America today, but, uh, how about sexuality and gender? Uh, these are, these are competing cultures Mm. and there are, um, strong efforts to win this cultural ground. Um, and sometimes what comes with the effort to win the cultural ground is a kind of moral shaming if you don't agree. Right. So this gets very complex, right? Yeah. Into all these different categories. Let me let me offer just what I think is um uh a way to try to say, all right, what's involved in culture? If you if you could draw a square on a piece of paper and uh you put a word on each of the four corners, um one would be like culture is shaped by its ethic by its wisdom, by truth, and by relationships. Mm, okay, so this, is, this would be my way of looking at it. So for a culture to be really healthy and life-giving, um, it's ethically sound and honoring, right? Now I know people are going to say, honoring to who, from what source, from right. what ground of reason, I get that. Um, two, it, it has wisdom and discernment in it. Mm. Like this is not like just foolishness. It has wisdom and discernment in it. Um, three, it's based, uh, on what is true. Yes. And, um, truth is its own self-proving reality, Mm. right? So a lot of these arguments are people wanting to convince other people that my way is true. And other people would say, no, I don't think it's true and all of that. And then I think, um, the, the culture is significantly shaped by, uh, interrelational dynamics, Mm. how we treat other human beings. Um, just in general, or people of different backgrounds, different yeah. genders, different uh, ethnicity. How do we treat? So mine would be uh, eth- the ethic, uh, the wisdom, the truth of it, and and the relational aspects of yeah. it. A healthy culture would look for um, really edifying, um, check the boxes mm-hmm. on those four corners. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, in trying to discern these questions, if it doesn't have this ethic and moral soundness, if it doesn't have this wisdom and discernment, if it's not true, uh, if it's relationally not edifying and healthy, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a toxic culture in one way, shape, or form. Mm. Okay? We live in a fallen world. There are probably toxic elements almost everywhere. Our hope is that we're trying to create the healthiest culture possible. That would be my hope with, like, within the life of Hope Church. Um, but I would say 
generally in the United States of America these days, we live in a really toxic culture. I think it's falling apart on mm. all four of those corners. Wow. Wow. What a conversation. Thank you all so much for joining us today. We hope this episode was encouraging to you. You can find the Hopecast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast app. If you would like to know more about Hope Church and our ministries here in Richmond, Virginia, you can visit hopechurchrva.com.